Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, all right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. So we're back. I know you guys were worried. Maybe the ATF got Kevin or, you know, who knows what happened. Well, we dug him out and uh, and we're back on top here. So, you know, we were able to raise the bail money and uh, get things back in order. So with that, we're going to talk about the prepping badass going underground. So that's right. I'm thinking all things underground when it comes to defense. This is a, another area that we haven't really broken into. Um, we did talk at some point about doing some kind of spider holes, maybe, uh, you know, when people do entry, you know, onto your property or protecting a compound, you know, sometimes that element of surprise. But, you know, underground tunnels and, and spider holes have been utilized in warfare since forever um you know they really go back i i don't know a, a long way where you know it, it's been done you know i mean you think like even world war one it was those trenches were uh you know the really a key to the combat and the way it all played mm -hmm. out so with that let's uh jump into it kevin spider holes is yeah. that where you want to start yeah let's start with spider holes now now after the advent of fast-moving uh, equipment and artillery and um, that sort of stuff, the trench trench warfare is pretty much obsolete. Okay. So that shifts, uh, you know, shifts underground uh, bunkers and groundworks to uh, you know smaller, uh, more easily used and and hidden uh, hidden types. Now the spider hole is. is Kind of, kind of got famous when they found Saddam Hussein hiding in a spider hole in uh, yes. 2003. Yeah, I think everybody remembers that him coming out of there with that 
shaggy, dirty beard and shit. Um, yeah, that, that was the classic. Yeah. Now the the this specific type of uh, of entrenchment is uh, it started out actually. I think um, the earliest type use of the spider hole was uh, the Japanese during um, uh, the Second World War. And oh, they but you let me fumble box. in that intro. You let me hang around like, well, oh, I don't know where spider holes, but I think <laughs> they've been using them. I don't know. All right. Yep. Go on. They call them octopus pots because they, I guess, resembled that yeah, pot you keep octopuses. In. That's not something I, I don't generally keep octopuses in pots, but apparently they are similar to what a spider How about hole looks this? like. Maybe you put the octopus in the pot. And then you see the lid creep it open, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, blah, jumps out at you, huh? Right, exactly. And that's how you work the spider hole. The spider hole, exactly. All right, so a spider hole, it's basically a camouflage, it's a, a one-man foxhole used for observation and ambush. Mm. Uh, it's typically shoulder-deep, um, protective round hole. Uh, covered with like a camouflaged lid. Uh, You can stand up in it and fire a weapon and then duck back down. Now, the spider hole emphasizes concealment rather than cover. So you've got the cover when you duck down and you're concealed, but the lid isn't going to be something heavy enough to stop, you know, artillery or uh, gunfire. It's really something that you can duck into real quick and then pop out of real quick. Right. Um, but I would think, I mean, it is cover, like you said, when you're ducked in there, it's just when you're poking your head out that. Right. Hopefully but you want the, the cover of it. it, you want the top of it to be camouflaged so somebody right. could walk right past it and not notice it. You and know? then you could untie their shoes and then two feet later, wham, they go. fall on Done. the ground. Done. Game over. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> no. Um, now, spider holes are, are great in the sense that uh, you can, you know, set it up and watch what's going on and, and be covered. Or okay. if you know where where uh, troops are going to be passing by, you can make one ahead of time. Um, you want to make sure, though, that, that the idea of the spider hole is camouflage. So when you dig it out, you don't want to just pile all the dirt up around where you're digging it. You have to move work. that dirt away to a different area. You know, mm-hmm. and then your lid, you're going to make out of something, something, you know, really light, you know, a couple of sticks with some cardboard and, uh, you know, you're going to want a second person to cover up with leaves and shit on top of it so that you're, you know, so that you're not, not easily visible. Well, I think if you really had time to plan and thought this out, I think you could actually like use some kind of tacky paper or some kind of glue on the top of the board and kind of right. cover it with sand and dirt and maybe even right. place some stuff in there mm-hmm. and then, you know, throw some more, you know, debris. Um, I mean, I'm looking out my window now. I can see like pine needles and that kind of thing. I know a right. lot of other areas, the forest floor will have leaves, you know, oak leaves or whatever, um, that kind of stuff, or even just grass, you know, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure that the grass is going to match the grass around it. So if all the grass around you is green, you can't have your cut grass on the spider hole that's brown 10 years ago. I mean, unless you're spray right. painting it or something, you got to, you know, find a way to make it realistic and yet. Right. And it has to blend, blend in, in with. Right. Right. The surrounding. Right. 
Um, you know, spider holes are amazing for ambushes. Um, you think of like the front gate or the entry to your compound, that kind of stuff mm -hmm. where somebody might show up having spider holes. Like the way I've seen it play out is if you have a lookout who can see, Hey, somebody's coming, you know, a mile up the road, I can see it from our bird's nest perch, you know, up high, but we have time to prepare. You have the guys run and jump in their spider holes and cover up. You know, you don't want, it's not somewhere you want to be sitting and hanging out all day. Right. But if you can alert, hey, you know, or even if you have a lookout with a radio, you know, a mile mm -hmm. up. Hey, you know, somebody's coming up. You better, you know, get ready. Because when you can get the drop on people and surprise them, you know, mm -hmm. when they see, oh, there's two gate guards standing there, that's nothing. You know, and having the further lookout to say, hey. You know, don't get sniped standing there looking at your phone, you know, or whatever it is you're doing. Even, you know, in, in the uh, apocalypse world where you're reading a book or you're doing, you know, something like that, you want to be alert. And, you know, nobody can be alert 24-7. But somebody right. who's discreetly hidden and can give you the heads up that things are coming, having people jump in their spider holes that might be a great opportunity for you to really get the drop on somebody just right. something to think typically about for observation you're going to want to have your spider hole dug in on you know one of the higher points of ground you know the further you can see because you're, you're not in a tower you're down low your eyes are only going to be you know a foot above ground level so you're going to want a, a little bit of a higher ground where you can see uh see a good distance in every direction and even if you brought in dirt, as long as you had time, I mean, this is if you're planning it out, you know, beforehand mm -hmm. for a while, um, you know, then you could really grow something, you know, if you wanted to set up your home compound, that kind of thing. But obviously, you know, that a lot of these things can be applied, you know, on the other aspect too, where, you know, where it is more of a, on at the moment, you know, hey, somebody's coming, we got two hours to prepare everybody go dig a little trench to, you know, set something up. That's something you can do also. Right. Now people have been using spider holes and trenches and tunnels for a long time. Um, I think we all remember, uh, uh, the Berlin wall. Yeah. Um, there were over 70. You tunnels. didn't think I knew, but I, I actually, <laughs> there were over 70 they tunnels, what? uh, <laughs> what kind of underneath tunnel? the Berlin wall. Oh, 70 tunnels. Mm hmm. So, I mean, they've been generally used for smuggling, uh, whether it's guns or, or now, people. Did they pop up in like coffee shops where like guys wore berets and had like leather trench coats and sat yes, around sir. smoking cigars? Yes, sir. You know, you know, Berlin back in the uh, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gorge. I think I've seen one movie and that that's how that all was. Everyone was uh -huh. like, you. It was always raining. They're wearing the leather trench coat, smoking the cigar. Kind of looked like smoking the villain in uh, right, right. Sipping in, uh, I, I was thinking Indiana Jones when uh, you know the guy comes in the creeper who ends up burning the palm of his hand. Yes, with yeah, the, with yeah. The creepy coat, coat yeah. hanger. You remember yeah, that? Somebody coat like that sitting in a coffee shop and a cigarette. Those are where those tunnels usually come up. That's been my experience. Because yeah. you know I've seen a lot now, of them, obviously. You were yeah. talking about um, some tunnels in uh, in was it Vietnam? No, Vietnam. Now they were called the the Coochie tunnels, I believe. Mm, I like I don't Coochie. Know. Yes, turns out they were Coochie tunnels. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
there, what they did is is they actually, when they popped up in the ground, they would kind of look like a, a termite hill, which is something uh-huh. that was very common and not something you really wanted to poke around in mm-hmm. if you know you came across it normally you wouldn't be like hey let me check that out we used to use uh dogs try and find them out and uh one of the ways they got around that they actually used to use um gi uniform parts like a, a dirty shirt from a, a you know an american or whatever and they would put it just under the ground where kind of the vent holes were. And what would happen is the dog would come over and sniff and it would be familiar to him. Cause I guess the Vietnamese had like a unique smell or, you know, they smelt like rice or I don't know what people in Vietnam mm-hmm. smell like, but it was apparently different than America. Um, right. And so that was a way to really mask it that, or they talked about, you know, they'd use spicy pepper or stuff like that. But I'd imagine if your dog starts sneezing, when he goes over to a, a termite hole, I would be like, Hey, you know, that's not normal. You know? Yeah. That would seem suspicious to me, but they implied that that worked great. So who knows, you know, maybe they had the special blend of herbs and spices that, uh, right. You know, got the dog, uh, off track. Um, a big thing with having tunnels though, is ventilation. And you got to think about like where you can have kind of air holes popping up here and there that are going to be discreet. You know, um, I don't know. People are like, oh, well you put it behind the bush over there, but I don't think it's that hard to be a little creative, you know, an right. old stump with a hole kind of, you know, you run a pipe through it, right. you can figure something out. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Even a, a living tree, you could, you know, do a small enough hole. Yeah, you know, you could kind of go right through the base and have it pop up somewhere. You know, you guys are probably pretty good at camouflage. I wonder if we should do an episode on, on camouflage stuff might be the answer one day. But uh, and how to, you know, hide things and, and discreet like that. As far as actual, you know, camouflaging, you know, normal objects. We'll have to look into that. Um. But so being able to, you know, set up the ventilation is, is a good thing. The big thing too, you had mentioned like with the spider holes is having like a little slit, like cut out of a hill. So, you know, you're kind of in like a mound of dirt and Mm -hmm. you just have a little opening where they got to, you know, they get you in the face or whatever. They got to get you, you know, in a two inch by whatever field, whereas you're shooting at their whole body, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's something, you know, that really makes a big difference. You want to uh, plan out, you know, that'll give you the edge in in a gunfight. And now the next thing is like being able to move around, um, to change your position, to come up behind somebody or to escape, you know, disappear in, you know, outside the the quarantined kind of area, you know, to be able to move. And one of the, the big things that gave the Vietnamese the edge was that they had set up all this stuff long before America showed up. Mm-hmm. These tunnels were in existence because they were hiding from their government. Right. Um, they were, you know, protecting their families and moving them from place to place when people would come and, and you know, always having an escape route and that kind of thing. And from, you know, local militia kind of crazy things, you know, not every country is uh, protected and secure like uh, 
you know, America is you're exposed to a lot of different, you know, things. Um, one of the things actually that gave the v- Vietnamese a uh, edge was they're kind of skinny and, and they're smaller than Americans were. And the actual, uh, you know, tunnels, I was watching some of the tours that they gave um, to Americans who go over. The tunnels are so small that the Americans yeah, now couldn't even get through it. You know, they're just too big. Um, that maybe doesn't play out for, you know, the soldier back then, you know, who's probably in the fitter stuff. But a lot of these are like, you know, retired Vietnam uh, veterans and that kind of thing. And they're not the skinny little boys that they used to be, you know? Right. Um, right. Now, I saw some of those tunnels I was looking at them and uh, it really is. They really are tight, you know, 27 inches, I think was the, the height of, some of the ones they're climbing around and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's yeah. pretty damn high. Now they were a lot more elaborate than you might imagine. Um, a lot of the tunnels that they had in Vietnam would go down as much as 30 feet. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. intense. Um, and they would be in layers, but typically the way it would be set up is, uh, you'd have kind of the main living area, you know, the main utilized area would be in the top, you know, three feet below ground, that kind of stuff where, you know, kind of how you imagine it, I think. But then they would have layers that would go down further and they could hide and, you know, drop down to the second layer. Cause the idea is, yeah, you have a trap door up on the mainland People, you know, they might find that. All right. But then when you go in after them and you're paranoid and you're worried that there's going to be a bad guy around the next corner and you're crawling through this unknown tunnel or maybe you're, you know, going through with your dog, it's possible you could overlook a trap door that's going to drop down to another tunnel. Right. Because you're not kind of in control like you are, you know, up on the surface. Turns out we're like surface dwellers, you know. So, right. You know, something that's, you know, you're crawling through a tunnel, you might miss that you crawl right over, you know, a little trap door that goes down to level two or level three and that kind of thing. Um, They said, you know, they would get the heavy rains and you worry about flooding. But right. They would would dig out sumps down there, right? Yeah. And and they kind of said, look, the, you know, the bottom layer might flood, but it's never going to rise up, you know, to the the right. top two and three, as long as you're in a tunnel that had the lower, you know, and obviously if you don't have the lower level, then maybe you pick out where you're going to dig this tunnel, you know? Um, another thing is they would put like mint and other smelly plants down in there. And this would keep out like the scorpions and snakes and, you know, bugs and just all kinds of nasty stuff. That's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're going to want something that's not toxic to humans, but it's going to keep critters out of your hole. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that would come into play space like that raid and shit like yeah. that. Ain't going to be uh, something you want to be spraying off like th- in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you go in with your roundup or whatever and yeah, I don't have to worry about it, but yeah, you know, you die of cancer after you win the war, right? That's um, right. They did have, I mean, I did watch a a couple of cool videos 
and they had some like crazy like punchy stick kind of stuff um some really wacky stuff uh it was, it was tough to really talk about it in a podcast i mean i'll kind of make an attempt but think of like a uh if you they dug a hole that would be maybe four foot by three foot and they would take an iron bar and make a frame and sometimes they'd be made out of wood or whatever but think about it as an iron bar and it'll have like the punchy sticks on either end you know the mm-hmm. spikes but the way they would do it is it would be on like think of like a capital i mm-hmm. and so you have spikes on the top and the bottom and then the bar will be like you know on a pivot point dead in the center mm-hmm. now they would have it so you'd walk up and you'd step on either end and right. it would be kind of like stepping on a rake where it's going to flip up at you but mm-hmm. you're falling in a hole that has spikes and it's swinging around this eye that is going to smack you in the face and mm-hmm. come down on top of you. Or if you kind of, you know, try and go forward either way, you're going to get smacked and it doesn't matter which end you step on first, you know, it's pretty elaborate. And I was like, man, I really haven't seen a trap quite like that. You know, I mm-hmm. always see, saw it and thought of the ones like where it's a pit and you'd have the spikes and you fall in the pit and whatever. But having that second, you know, bar come back and smack at you is really a uh, taking it to a whole new level, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's pretty much that. I had a the big thing was, uh, you know, the the guerrilla warfare that becomes the the opening there that. You know, once you're stealthy and can surprise the enemy and, you know, you kind of get that unexpected, that's how you really can avoid like an attack or, or, you know, avoid the enemy getting the upper hand, you know, because they underestimate what your abilities are, where you're going to be, how they should set up their forces. Everything comes, you know, gets thrown into chaos and it's not chaos for you. It's chaos for somebody attacking you. Mm-hmm. And that's where these tunnels and, and secret passageways really, uh, you know, can be a huge asset. And being able to slip out the back door is always a pretty cool, uh, you know, option to have. Right. And, uh, you know, these these uh, tunnels in Vietnam were really uh, an elaborate setup. And, and a lot of the times when... Um, in, in history when these battles were uh, in predetermined locations, you know, fortifications, yeah. things like that, um, they would have these set up, whoever whoever it was. I remember my grandfather talking about uh, uh, fighting in Iwo Jima and yeah. coming across the openings for these tunnels there. And uh, he said they, they would just pour, you know, uh, they'd get drums of gasoline and pour them down there and light it on fire. And he said you could see smoke coming up from different parts of the uh, – the island right just, see where it comes from yeah yeah exactly um all and those ventilation the gasoline was the uh you know suck the air out and burn up burn out whoever's down there and uh you know kind of gives you because you don't you know necessarily want to go crawling down one of those tunnels with people you know down there waiting for you no and you don't know what's around the corner you know that's the thing and mm-hmm. a lot of it can be set up booby traps before you even you know Right. The guy can be long gone, you know, out the tunnel and 
like I said, he could sneak 50 feet away. And, you know, if you could do something like this now, well, you have machines and heavy equipment, you know, you have a backhoe or something where you could really dig something. You'd go in and make some pretty cool tunnels and some escape hatches Mm -hmm. and really be able to set up, you know, options for yourself that, you know, could pay off huge in the future. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention with the, uh, the booby traps was, believe it or not, 11% of fatalities in the Vietnam war were from booby traps. Mm -hmm. I had no idea it was that high for fatalities. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I find that fascinating. Uh, think of how it's paid off for like the cartels and people coming across the border. You know, I know, but, um, you know, Trump and the wall and all this and everybody gets angry and upset and the chaos and whatever. But those tunnels, um, like if you watch, uh, there was that show weeds on Showtime. They, you know, as that goes on, there's some kind of spoiler if you want to avoid it here, but as it goes on, there's some kind of drug running back and forth across to Mexico and not, and you know, it's coming up in a little store in a strip mall. You know, and Mm -hmm. a lot of those are like so elaborately engineered. Um, And I think if you looked at, you know, kind of codes and building and started to understand things and how to build tunnels and whatever, there's some pretty cool options out there. And, you know, having a trap door, I always think of uh, that movie Walking Tall with The Rock. Right. And remember, he's in that sheriff station and he's able to drop through the floor. Cause he's right. got like a little trap door and he's hiding under the building while they're shooting it up, you know, having mm-hmm. a trap door that maybe leads to a tunnel, not a bad idea. No, you know, a lot no. of a, a stand in the South. Of, you know, yeah, there are a lot of tunnels, uh, famous tunnels that were dug, uh, from Canada into the United States to smuggle, smuggle drugs in, you know, it wasn't just uh, Mexico to the United States, which is the majority of them. But there are a couple mm-hmm. of famous tunnels coming over from uh, Canada. And uh, they actually, uh, I was reading about one that they had, uh, they had picked up the sounds of the tunnel being dug. And they followed it as it was being built to a house. Mm-hmm. And then they waited until... Uh, um, until it was done and they were doing something. coming out of the house with, uh, with packages and they moved in and busted them. They busted three guys. And that tunnel's wow. still there. They actually uh, preserved it, and you know they're keeping an eye on it and stuff. But I mean, it's uh, you know they preserved it in the house that it came up in. Um, you can go check it out if you uh, if you're up in that area. But there's tunnels. You know uh, the Sarajevo tunnels were famous um, during the uh, Bosnian <clears throat> during the Bosnian War during the mm-hmm. siege of Sarajevo. Uh, the tunnels passed underneath the city's airport. And uh, okay. guns were smuggled in the Sarajevo, and and people were smuggled out. Um, the Gaza Strip, uh, Gaza Strip uh, smuggling tunnels uh, bypassed the Egypt-Gaza barrier built by Israel to smuggle things in and out of the uh, the Gaza Strip. So I mean, people have been doing this for a long time, and and you know. If you go on YouTube, you can find all sorts of uh, people building tunnels, you know, around their property, do, doing different stuff. And there's a there's a lot of stupid ways to do it where you can fucking kill yourself. 
Oh um, yeah, there's that. But you might want to you might want to check out some uh, some other people's uh, setups if you're thinking about uh, you know building some tunnels around your property. Sometimes it's easier to just dig dig a trench and then cover the top of it, except for either end. You know, uh, especially. And I know if, yeah, that Kevin, the former. If you mm-hmm. have a what? Sorry, if you have a what? Equipment to do it with, you know, ahead of time. Right, exactly. That's the thing. That's going to make the big difference is being able to do it quick and easy and hopefully in a discreet sort of way. You know, maybe rent a machine for a weekend, cost you 500 bucks with it delivered and everything. And, uh, you know, you could probably uh, make some cool fun with it. Um, And like I said, having a trap door and a way out. You know, maybe burglar, home invasion, who knows? Might pay off someday. Just mm-hmm. something to consider. Um, yeah, I know that uh, Kevin, the uh, former uh, union contractor, would like to point out that you should call 811 before you dig. There you go. Have him come call out and mark the, uh, mark the underground uh, lines before you, uh, you know, start digging up power lines. That ends up, mm-hmm. you know can be a little rough sometimes. Yeah. So that's that's what I got on tunnels. That's pretty much the gist of it. But just realize they really are an asset and something that, you know, you could utilize that will give you a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much better if you did it now when you have gas, diesel, you know, electricity and things to – assist you in this project, it can be very inexpensive and very beneficial, you know, to come up in the barn a hundred feet away when, you know, they think everybody's in the house. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. You know, right. or if you yeah. you roll deep like I do and you have a couple of houses, I could pop up in any house. You don't know. No idea. So. Now talking about smuggling, uh, there's been a bit, a lot of talk lately about people getting smuggled out of uh, Wuhan and China. Now, okay. the Chinese government seems really seems like they're tr- starting to try and cover this up more and more. Um, okay, they really covered it up for a few weeks before the outbreak, and uh, they're putting people in jail just for uh, for talking about it. And uh, now they're starting to drop things like uh, people are dying of uh, being classified as dying of pneumonia rather than dying of the the virus. All right. the and uh, I know a lot of people in the prepper community are worried about this virus, uh, you know, jumping borders and ending up here in the United States and, and uh, you know, different different countries. We've already had a few confirmed cases in the U.S. Uh, Australia had a yeah. few. Um, England and different places in, uh, in uh, Taiwan, different, different countries around China. They kind of... Uh, put the quash on that once it started traveling into Hong Kong, the, um, the protesters dispersed. So, I mean, that was benef- benefit for China. Um, but you know, I think that's it. All it really- takes is a big uh, virus outbreak, you know, right. For, uh... Right. Stay at home, stay in, home, in your house, man. Don't get sick with this shit. Uh, it seems like it kills about 2% of the people that get it, which isn't, isn't awful, but I mean, it's not, it's not great either. Um, right. Now, what we I think we really need to worry about in the United States, though, is the um, invasive uh, rhesus macaque. Uh, many that have the herpes B virus were okay. introduced to Florida at Silver Spring State Park in the 1930s, and 
they were on an island there, and uh, they just been fucking like crazy. And there's hundreds of them now. They escaped the island, swam to the mainland. Now they're starting to show up in Jacksonville. Just uh, herpes monkeys all over the place, man. You gotta I, watch I know out for herpes monkeys. I mean, that's yeah, always something. Story, uh, the end of the end of December um, in '99, uh, you know, a couple months back, um, and the headline was "Feral Herpes Infected Monkeys Wreaking Havoc in Florida." That was the headline, and uh, th- I gotta tell you, that piqued my curiosity. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> that does but not that surprise me. Ran that one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're worried about the coronavirus, uh, stay out of fucking Jacksonville. And don't fuck any monkeys. I mean, I feel like that is really just uh That was the know, key right there? General, that's a general tip, you know? Don't fuck monkeys. I, stay away from that. Like, even if they I, don't I, have herpes? And you got herpes and HIV. And the shit, shit just gets out of hand fast, you know? So, okay. just a heads up. Keep your dick out of monkeys. All right. that that's just good advice all around right there right. right don't put your dick in that no yeah so um, uh, so there was a doctor yeah go ahead well that was it that was it yeah okay um one of the uh the doctors uh Lee Wen Liang uh-huh. was one of the eight whistleblowers who first publicized the uh the coronavirus there mm-hmm. he uh he basically died at age 34 right from the coronavirus oh, from the coronavirus right. so you People know the, if the government died and then all of a sudden he came back to life did you see that he came back to life and was only in critical condition and then died again like three weeks later so it's kind of like totally different. It was sketchy. like a car accident. Yeah, kind of a weird, sketchy uh, uh, situation. The, the flow of information out of uh, China is just fucking ridiculous. You know, the information that they're sending out is not accurate as as far as what's going on there. And if you really dig deep, you can find a lot of crazy stuff going on over there. You know, and, and they're blaming the United States, obviously, because they didn't... Uh, offer help but they did offer help when it was manageable and then shut down the borders after it was not manageable and they're you know limiting you know flights in from china um and people that have been to china they're they're limiting their access to to getting back into the united states or you know and you know it seems like their their machine about like covering up their covering up all these cases all these uh things that are going on over there it's not helping anybody except for maybe, you know, the Chinese dictators. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? They're the ones that are in charge. And until somebody steps up in China and starts making changes, you know, things are going to stay exactly as they are. You yeah, know? but as soon as you go out and start an uprising, all of a sudden there's another deadly virus outbreak. And you're like, oh, shit, back in the house. Back in yeah. the house. That's right, man. Shouldn't have gone out. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound good. And uh, not much new news out of Virginia, huh? That's uh, kind of died out. Yeah, did I, it just, I don't I, hear anybody talking about it anyway. You know, our attention span is like, you know, done and on to the next. Real quick. 
turns out our president didn't do anything. And if you don't do an investigation, it's like you didn't do anything wrong. Right. No, that's perfect. That's perfect uh, setup, you know? Yeah. Taking a playbook from China. Just don't don't investigate. No crimes are committed if you don't investigate. Fine. We didn't see shit, you know? It's funny because, like, honestly, I thought it was all a bunch of bullshit. And I'm like, you know, they're just going on about nonsense and mm-hmm. they're just out to get this guy. Because thing is, if you're out to get the guy on anything and you jump on any bandwagon, it makes it where I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. And they mm-hmm. totally dismiss the whole Biden, you know, shit, which there really was some meat to that. And, uh-huh. you know, and they're like, oh, but the president... But I got to say, the Republicans didn't do themselves any favors by, eh, I don't even think we're going to investigate it. We'll just fucking, you know, like yeah, I said, I, I don't think. A little, a little sketchy yeah. that only Mitt Romney was, uh, you know, was talking about maybe we should look into this a little bit more. And now he's like fucking blackballed immediately from the rest of the party, you know. But, yeah. you know, I guess you got to fucking stick to party lines and, and toe the line and. You know, that the kind of person I want to vote for to represent me, uh, I feel like sometimes they represent the party more than they do the people that it, that have voted for them. So, I, I think that may be 100% accurate. But, uh, yeah, whether you're voting right or left, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, that's not they the, not representing the point. you. You right. know? So, all right, that's about all I got on that. You got anything uh, else you want to touch on? Oh, that sounds good. We got about... Uh, Four new subscribers to Patreon over the last month or so. Nice. Um, I haven't sent out your patches yet, but don't panic. I know you you said, hey, I'm going to start giving you money on Patreon. Then you get the mystery, no episode week. And Uh everyone starts to panic. They're like, wait, my money, no. And then the patch doesn't come in the mail and you're getting a little panicky. But nope, it's going to work out. And maybe I'll even throw you a bonus episode this week just to, uh, you know, make up for hard times. I just, uh, power's been out here in uh, North Carolina a bit and uh, some kind of tornadoes. We got all kinds of things going on. Um, I was out wiring up uh, generators and shit. I don't know. We almost had to do this podcast via generator. So times are hard. Yeah, And my problem is I, I just don't get the time off work, you know, so I can't really, you know, mm-hmm. free up any uh, time to set the house in order or do anything. You know, I haven't really unpacked stuff and whatever. I was impressed with the fact that I was able to get water running in the house. <laughs> and uh, that, that's one of the nice things, a, a 120 volt uh, well pump. And uh, I was, you know, a few things going. I, I went and bought the stuff this morning that I could make it so I could plug the generator right into the house and use the whole breaker panel and pick and choose what I wanted and everything was going to be easy. And then I shut off the main and I check it with my meter and the main uh, disconnect doesn't shut off shit. Oh, nice. Nice. That's So, you know, you hit that big 200 amp breaker and you're like, oh, I'm good now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh. No, if I hook up the generator to that, the guy on the pole outside is going to get his ass fried. Right. So uh, I guess that's not the way to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these are the things. This is why we prepare and whatever. I'm just new in the uh, the new badass compound here, you know, enjoying the uh, log cabin lifestyle. 
it's uh my yeah it's working out so in uh in north carolina here we have a uh a dump set up uh they call them convenience centers where you just take your garbage and drop it off and whatever and you don't pay anything i guess it's part of your property taxes or whatever so the guy the wife takes a bunch of garbage today while i'm hooking up the generator and and she goes out to the dump, the guy's talking to her and he's like, oh, you know, I haven't seen you. You're new, whatever. Oh, yeah, I moved in up the street. We're in the log cabin, whatever. And uh, guy's like, wait. And he, you know, describes where it is. And he's like, is that where you are? And she's like, yeah. He's like, you mean that witch moved out? And we're like, yeah, how'd you know? And he's like, my sister lives next door to you. I'm going to call her and tell her that the witch is gone and an angel moved in. Oh, and that made beautiful. my wife's day. So, uh huh. Nice. So everything's looking up. So, with that, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Any uh, anything you want to uh, email us about? Talk to us. Sometimes we're a little slow getting back to you, but we really appreciate hearing from you, and we do eventually get back to everybody. So, with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.